Stephanie Sellers, everyone. Incredibly popular. I wouldn't describe myself as popular, but... Uh, uh, they're laughing upstairs. Something. Uh, I would describe you as known within your sphere. Yes. Yes. I would agree with that. Yes. Known within my sphere. Known within your sphere. So, uh, how I... I mean, the purpose of this show is to show people that there are interesting people all around us. And you might not think you're the most interesting person in the world, but you are an interesting person. Perfect. Right? Yeah. So, so that's why I have you on the show here. And we're going to start with how we know each other. How do we know each other, Stephanie? Well, I moved here to Calgary about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anybody at that time, but I remember I met you... Uh, an activity with the Carbon Park Ward. Yeah. It was the the maze, the corn maze. Is that where we met yeah. the first time? The corn maze activity like two years ago. Really? Okay. Because I, I thought the first time we met was at Mah the Lake Mahogany or Mahogany Lake. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> Were you there? Maybe. Oh, dang it. Yeah, see. <laughs> I'm sure we've been I, here. yeah, I, uh, wow. <laughs> Great. Off to a good start. Uh, no, see, it's, it's it was at the maze? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I do remember the corn maze activity. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, we watched pig racing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we watched yeah. pig racing. And, of course, we did the corn maze. Yeah. But we didn't really, I feel like we didn't super participate in the corn. I feel like we just kind of wandered and... So. We we didn't get super into it. I feel like nobody did. No, I think we were following people that obviously knew where they were going. Yeah, we weren't totally involved. You're just like they're going that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that I mean that corn maze is pretty popular with uh, Mormon kids. Yeah. You know, you get out to the farm, you do a little maze running. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. It's it's exactly like the movies actually. Yeah. So, uh, so you've been in Calgary for almost two years now because you moved here in August yeah. of 2016 or whatever. Yeah. August yeah. 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and where did you move from? Ontario. That's where I was raised. Okay. Ontario. Were you born in Ontario? No, I was born in Florida. In oh, okay. Yeah. But okay. When I was four years old, I moved to Ontario. My parents separated. Okay. So my and my mom was Canadian, so she took us up to Canada, and my dad stayed. Yeah. US, yeah. Was your mom unable to stay in the states? Yeah, she wasn't a citizen. Okay. Did, uh, did she like? Did she have like a green card that could have kept her there or anything, or was it just kind of go back home, go be with family kind of situation? Was, I guess she was allowed to be there because she was married to an American. Yeah. But she wasn't allowed to legally work and make any really? money there. Yeah. Okay. So she did. She owned a bar at one point, but yeah. she wasn't allowed to make any income from the bar, so she owned it under a corporation. Interesting. But she wasn't allowed to make any money, so I think any money she made went towards the corporation, and she couldn't keep any of that. How? Really? Yeah. That would be a weird situation to get stuck in. Yeah. Hey. Okay. So then, um, my parents were separating, mm -hmm. and she couldn't stay in the U.S. and legally work. Yeah. And. Obviously, you need to do that to survive. So the only option she had was to take us 
up to Canada. My dad wasn't happy about that, and he tried to yeah, of course, to fight her to get us back to the U.S. Yeah. Well, I think in divorce situations, normally things swing in the favor of the mother. Usually. Usually. Especially because my dad had a lot of issues too. Okay, so yeah. There wasn't a lot going in his favor. Yeah. In terms of him being able to actually take care of two kids. Oh, okay, family. yeah. Because you have a sister as well. Yeah. And she's older? She's older than She's older than you. Older. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And are you two pretty close? Yeah, we're fairly yeah. close. Yeah. We've always been pretty close we used to typical sibling sibling fighting. yeah but for the most part no we were always really close that's good yeah that's good and are you close with your mom then because being raised <laughs> primarily by your mom yeah sometimes we're close yeah um I find especially when I live far away. Yeah. Um, this isn't the first time that I've kind of moved away from home. Yeah. And um we don't we're not good at texting. Okay, yeah. So there isn't a whole lot of communication. I'd say we're still close, but we don't talk probably as often as we probably should be talking. Jeez, I and I don't know um if you fought at all when you were around her. Do you do you feel like you fight less now that you're gone as a consequence of like being away? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I talk to a lot of people and they, they tend to say that, you know, when they move away from their family, that's when they start getting along better yeah. with their family. It's true. So yeah. Anytime I visit, it's like a big, a big deal. Because, yeah. Oh, it's, I went over Christmas. Yeah. Last Christmas I went to visit for two weeks and that was the first time I'd seen them for a year. So it was, everyone was really excited because they hadn't seen me. Mm-hmm. So it was, no fighting ever like it was a great time yeah but when i lived there um i mean it was just too close quarters yeah you kind of there i think there are more opportunities to get on each other's nerves i guess in a situation like that right yeah 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 but then now when you go back it's like stephanie you're home it's oh, we, you know, missed you. we missed you <laughs> yeah well that's awesome how how often do you get to go home about once a year. Yeah, yeah. really. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I am moving home. You're going Ontario back. In end of August again. So yeah. Right at my two year mark, I'll be kind of heading back. Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we'll get to that later, kind of in in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but more about growing up. So, yeah. so you you moved with your mom and your sister yeah. back to Canada. Uh, you had never lived in Canada before. You had been in Florida mm-hmm. for the four years of your life. Yeah. So. I mean, big change really ripped your four-year-old heart out. You know, I'm sure you remember it well. I remember it a little bit. Yeah. I remember vaguely, very vaguely being in, like, some sort of office, and that's when I was getting my Canadian citizenship. Oh, okay. But I I couldn't pull out any conversation or anything. I just remember vaguely the room. Yeah. And then... That's pretty much it. Yeah. So my memories are very slim in terms of when I first came to Canada. Yeah. I know the the first little bit, we were in a homeless shelter. So I remember a few really? from that. Yeah. Um, there are a few memories just because that's a little traumatizing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so I remember the, the weird people that were there. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I remember going to, like, a grocery store once. So, yeah, it was, I have a few memories back then. Yeah. 
Holy cow. That'd be, I mean, I've never lived in a homeless shelter before. So we were only there for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then we transitioned. We had relatives. Okay. Um, who took us in for a time period because my mom had no money. Yeah. No no job. Yeah. She had to go back to school. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of, there was this period of time where there was just no options for my mom. Yeah. So she, she made it work, but we had to sleep in the living room of our relative's house. Yeah. I don't remember how long, but for, for a little bit. Yeah. Wow. So your, your mom, I mean, that, that would be a totally difficult situation to go to. Um, and, and then, you know, have to be doing that with two little kids and, uh, and I mean, what a hard decision it would have been to, to get out of that situation and to, you know, move forward like that. So she, she was going to school while you were still little. So you spend a lot of time, I'm assuming, with some relatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that do anything to kind of bring your family closer together, you think? It was such a rocky period at the time. So it was, yeah. it was hard for us to get close. And so I was staying with some aunt and uncle, and there were a few cousins living in the house. And the cousins actually weren't happy with us living there. Oh, really? I'm not sure about the details in terms yeah. of why that was the case, but there was a little bit of hostility, especially because we were there for quite some time. Yeah. I think they might have just been tired of us staying there or something. Yeah, and they probably didn't have a full grasp of the situation, you know, depending how old your cousins were, of course, right? Um, You know, they probably just thought, well, there's such a somebody else that's around that's taking up space in my house kind of thing, right? We were sleeping in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I think little kids are a little less understanding because they don't yeah. understand that sometimes awful situations happen. Yeah. Um, but so your mom went back to school and what, what was she doing in school? What was she studying for? She did something with computers, like computer yeah. programming, something, computer software. Yeah. Um, and when she finished, she got a job. This was some time ago, so I don't remember. There's so much I don't remember. Yeah. She, she got a job right away after she finished school. Oh, good. That's what helped her to um, get an apartment. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she went back to school so that she could get a decent job so that take care of you guys, right? Yeah. So whereabouts in Ontario were you guys living? Kitchener Waterloo. Okay. Fairly close to Toronto. Yeah, it's kind of in that grouping. It's in the grouping, yeah. The, yeah. The best identifier is always it's near Toronto. <laughs> it's it's near Toronto, yeah. It's kinda of in that area, right? And what was what was that like for you growing up there? Because I I've never been there. So what was it what was kind of the area like? What was your experience like there? I never had many issues there. I mean, Kishwani was fairly small, a lot smaller than here. There's only maybe, I think, 200,000 people. So it's okay. still a city, but it's yeah. not quite to this scale. Yeah. Um, I, it was a little boring sometimes yeah. when you're growing up. As I got older, um, kind of in the more of the teen years, you try to cause trouble a little bit mm-hmm. being in a smaller city. Yeah. It's not as much to do, and I wasn't a member at that point. Yeah. Um, 
but there were there was there weren't many rough areas. It was a nice city, um, lots of trees, maple trees. Yeah, fine. like it was just very neat scenery. It's really beautiful out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was definitely it was a good area to grow up. Like I never, yeah. I never had any issues living down there. Yeah. And while while you were a kid, were you aware at all of the struggle your mom was going through to take care of you guys? No, yeah. not at all. I, there's so much that she didn't tell us. Yeah, you know, trying to protect us from the stress and the struggles and things like that. I had no grasp as to why my dad lived far away. Yeah, and why we had to leave. I still had no idea really why that was happening when I was a kid. Yeah. And I had no idea. I had no concept of money. And yeah. What it takes to rent an apartment. Mm -hmm. What it takes to provide for two children who are constantly growing and growing out of their clothes and growing out of their shoes. I had no concept of what that meant. Yeah. So I, I knew things were difficult because when we first got this apartment, there was no furniture. Hmm. There is, I remember there being a cot in the living room, and that was our couch, and that was also my mom's bed for a period of time. And we didn't have many toys. When we moved up to Canada, I was only allowed to take one toy, because we only came in a car, and yeah. just whatever could fit in a car. And so it was a matter of my mom slowly over time creating know a life for us in that apartment but it was very a lot of time and like my mom really learned how to come handy so she would buy really cheap furniture at a garage sale or at a thrift store and then she'd fix it up and paint it and make it look at least a little nicer than it coming from a thrift store yeah yeah so it, I, I knew I had a concept that this wasn't normal for what a house should look yeah um but i didn't really understand why that was a thing i was like well we used to have a really big house with tons of toys and tons of stuff you know why don't we have that now hmm. but kids are a lot more able to just roll with the punches yeah and so and they adapt. And, and yeah. so I, that's definitely what I did. I just adapted to the new situation. And I don't remember ever struggling with that. I don't yeah. remember worrying about it. But there was a, a level of awareness. But it wasn't something that I consciously was concerned about. Yeah. I just said, okay, this is how it is now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of accepted it and rolled with it yeah. figured it out yeah. yeah so was was there a time because how how often did you see your dad growing up when you were little i didn't yeah so my dad had um a bit of a drug problem he was abusive towards my mom yeah um which i didn't know a lot about as a child, yeah, um, there was one serious altercation that I witnessed. But beyond that, I didn't. I had no idea because my dad was always really good to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I had no awareness of that. I had no awareness of the drug problem at the time. 
Um, but because of that, he was not trusted a lot of the time to, to see us. And yeah. um, there's also so much distance. He didn't have a lot of money because of the drug problem. Mm -hmm. um, there were many times he was homeless or in jail. Um, he was definitely in and out of prison a lot for different reasons. I was able to look up a compilation of all the police reports and all the different times he got arrested. Really? There's at least three. Yeah. Not necessarily every time you went to prison, but yeah. minor things like theft. Um, there is like, I can't even pull them off off the top of my head, but definitely minor things. And then some bigger things, you know. Yeah. Never anything like murder or anything. He was yeah. Never like that. But when I guess when you live on the streets, you kind of have to learn to live a certain way, which required him to break the law. Um, so we didn't constantly have contact. There were yeah. times where I wouldn't even hear from him for years. Yeah. Um, and then there were other times where we'd get gifts, we would, he would call all the time, we would email on a daily basis, so when he was sober, yeah. and when he had his life together, so if he had an apartment and a job, then yeah, we heard from him all the time, but I didn't actually physically see him after we left, so when I was four years old until he passed away, when I was 16, okay. um, I didn't physically see him yeah. beyond photographs. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, I mean, did you feel like even though you hardly ever saw him at all and a lot of the time didn't even hear from him, did you feel like he loved you? Did you feel like he, he cared? I believe he, at the time I believed he did it in his own way. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand the difficulty of, of his life. I didn't understand how consuming addiction can be, mm -hmm. how um, piling on possible mental illness that, you know, we don't know if he did have mental illness, but there's a possibility that he did. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of things I didn't know growing up, but all I knew was face value that he had an opportunity to clean himself up, to be more involved in our lives to come visit us, to do different things, to, to really be involved. And in my mind at the time, he was choosing not to do that. So yeah. There was some anger there from me. Um, and I definitely saw it as him making an active choice, which I guess in a way he, he was. I yeah. Mean, um, there was more to it than that, that he was making a choice to be an addict as opposed to being a father. Yeah. And I had a really hard time understanding the true nature of, of who my dad was and um, how difficult his life was. Yeah. Yeah. And now do you feel, because it's been 10 years since he passed away then? About 10 years. About yeah. 10 years. Do you feel like in that time you've come to understand him a lot more, like looking back on it and considering it and becoming an adult? with your own trials and struggles, do you feel like you've kind of gained a bit more understanding of yeah, his life? Definitely. Yeah. Um, from the time he passed away, it's been pretty consistent learning things about him. And, yeah. Um, discovering things about him and 
you know, really taking the time to, to prayerfully um, just ponder, like, just think about, you know, who he was. And, you know, now, uh, the person I am now, um, I can't imagine that it was an easy thing to do to leave your, your children. But I think there was, for him, there was an awareness that he, he couldn't provide for us. Yeah. And he knew that. For, for the, the the best thing that he could do at that moment was would be to take a step back, yeah, to protect us. He, you know, he and he did fight for custody for us, so there was love there, and there was a desire for us to be with him. Yeah, but I think he knew that he wasn't capable of doing that, especially on his own. Yeah. Um. So it's taken a long time to definitely forgive him of certain things yeah and to just let go of the rest of it right yeah like he you know he struggled for so long and you know i don't need to you know question why he did things or yeah. why he made certain choices why he why he spent so much of his life homeless i don't need to really question that because i know that I know he loved me for sure. Yeah. Like there, there isn't a doubt now that he he did, and I think he, you know, and the thing that brings me the most peace is knowing that he isn't struggling anymore. He's not, you know, struggling, battling an addiction, battling mental illness. He's not, you know, suffering. Mm-hmm. He, he's totally at peace now, and that brings me a lot of peace to know that. It, like nothing more can can happen yeah yeah and how how long did it take for you to understand that in your life and kind of accept that it took me a really long time actually yeah because the, the first i would say five years after his passing it's yeah. almost strictly dealing with the loss yeah you know having an addict for a parent um, you almost expect him to die. I mean, there's always that fear and that worry that they're going to get that phone call. Yeah. And and but it never really prepares you for when it does happen. Um, so there, it took a long time to just kind of accept the loss, accept him being gone. I was still not a member at yeah. this point, so there was no concept of eternal life, and there's no concept of I wasn't practicing any religion at the time. Yeah. So I, for for a long time, didn't believe that I would see him again. So it was dealing with kind of that at the time. Yeah. Oh, he's gone forever, and I won't see him again. Yeah. Which is can be very debilitating when there's so much you didn't get to say to someone, when there's so much that you didn't get to experience with someone. Yeah. And um, but after I started to get a handle on that and started to get more at peace with that, then I was able to look at him as an individual and what things did I need to forgive and what things did I need to let go of. Yeah. How can how can I be more at peace with the relationship that I had with him? Because I, I never wanted to live my life being angry with him mm-hmm. or to hold any resentment or hostility or hurt or 
frustration. I don't, no, no one wants to hold on to those things. Yeah. And it became it became more important for me to to learn to let go of that, so then I I myself could be happier, that I could be more at peace and more, and I could have a better relationship with him. Yeah. Despite him not actively physically being here, I could have a better relationship with him. You know, without the barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know, like, a lot of people go through these struggles um, in relationships with their parents, with their friends, family, whoever, uh, where they they might hold a grudge or they might, you know, be upset at something they did. And, and I mean, and then sometimes they might be passed away or they might not know how to talk to them or how to address those feelings within themselves Mm -hmm. is there anything in particular that helped you get from a point of hurting and wondering and not knowing to a point of despite him being gone being able to almost build a relationship with him after um there's no specific thing or specific moment, I think my priorities changed. You know, there's a shift in my perception and a shift in what I wanted. I realized after a certain period of time that I didn't really know him. Yeah. You know, I knew of some of his struggles. I knew um, things that he dealt with and I knew big things that happened in his life, but I didn't really know him. I didn't know what his favorite food was. I didn't know... You know, after a long day at work, what did he like to do? What were his hobbies? And there was, and I wanted to know those things. Yeah. You know, I, it just, it, it got to the point where I wasn't as mad at him and the anger wasn't as strong as my desire to, to know him and to know who he was and, hmm. you know, who he is. And, um, and so that helped to shift um, how I thought about him and the feelings that I had towards him because I just realized I have a parent who I never had an opportunity to get to know. Yeah. So how can I do that now that he's not around? Hmm. So and that kind of started the process of me needing to forgive and let go of all that stuff. Yeah. And then I could start talking to my mom and talking to my grandmother about who he was, how was he like as a child, what did he like to do, and things like that. And I got to kind of get to know who he was. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, I guess that that goes to show that knowing just things about people and kind of looking, looking deeper into their other sides rather than just the side that they showed you. Exactly. Uh, can give you a greater understanding and perspective of, of why they showed you that side in particular, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy, especially in today's world, to look at the way someone treats you. Mm-hmm. And if you have a negative interaction with someone and um, throwing that person aside or letting yourself become consumed by this need to um, hurt that other person back as opposed to forgiving that person, letting it go, moving on with your life. It's such a worldly thing to do to 
this person hurt me, well, that person isn't going to matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where I guess you do need to, if someone hurts you, you don't just stand there and accept that. But um, the capacity that, and the strength that it takes to forgive someone who's, who's hurt you, um, it can take a lot, but it's such a great experience when you're able to do it, when you can rise above that anger and that situation, and you can just say, I'm choosing to forgive you because I believe that you're still a good person mm-hmm. and that there's still value in who you are in the life that you've lived, and I want to know who that person is beyond this one experience that we had. It can be a very powerful experience, and it helps strengthen you, and it can strengthen the other person if, if that person is around for that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely been, it's helped teach me a lot about who I want to be as a person through attempting to forgive my dad. I'm able to realize how important forgiveness is in general and how holding on to any resentment to anyone. I mean, it, no one's perfect and people make mistakes all the time that hurt other people. I do it. Yeah. And, um, being able to forgive that other person, being able to forgive someone that does the wrong thing or does the wrong thing and saying, you're still worthy of being in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've seen that, um, knowing you for the past two years, I, you know, just seeing that you seem to just kind of, you know, go through life with a smile on your face and, and, uh, and of course there are going to be struggles throughout that time, but you seem to be able to move forward and not let things hold you down from progressing. I, I try. Um, I'm also, if I'm experiencing a trial or going through something difficult, I never really, I don't like to burden other people with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I won't talk to the bishop. It's not to say that I won't do the things to make sure that I'm receiving the help that I need. Yeah. But I also, I don't want to go around my day angry or... Yeah, and unloading grudges on Yeah, people. I mean, it's, what does that do? Yeah. In the end, how is that helping me? Or how is that helping other people? If I'm at church and someone asks me how I am, well, I'm miserable. I mean, people are going to want to help and they're going to be concerned, but I mean, is that going to make the problem less there? Yeah. I mean, it's great to have people with you and it's great to ask for help and to have your friends with you. And But, you know, I definitely prefer to just be as happy as I can and to lift up the other people around me and focus yeah. on what what can I do for someone else How, you know even if all that is is smiling and telling some mediocre jokes mediocre jokes <laughs> <laughs> but I mean in the end I don't want to be the person that complains about what I'm going through but I want to be the person that at least go through life with a positive attitude and optimism. Yeah, yeah. And have have you had to work to develop that optimism? Yeah. Yeah? So how how far have you come? What's kind of a 
guess here. I wouldn't say I'm like 100% where I want to be yeah. in, with that specifically, um, but I've, I, I've definitely come a long way. Um, when I was younger, if something, if something happened or if I got into a fight with someone, let's say, and I would just, I would, I would have such a bad attitude and I would just, I wouldn't want to talk to anyone, like I was the whole day would be overcome with this one bad experience. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it's so exhausting being angry all the time and thinking yeah. the whole world is out to get you. Yeah. Um, so what I try to do is I try to see the goodness and see the beauty within the little things every single day. So I try to... Yeah, I might be in a bad mood, but what good things are around me right now? You know, do I have wonderful friends? Do I have a good job that helps me pay my bills and mm-hmm. provide things that I want to provide for? And having that gratitude yeah. helps me to be able to separate myself from negative experiences and look, at least try to look more positive. I mean, I'm not perfect. There's tons of times where I get grumpy or get in a bad mood about something that happened. But yeah. I definitely try to, I think I bounce back a lot faster and I don't, I don't let myself stay in that, that negative state. And linger on it. Yeah. yeah. You kind of try and look at the things that you do have rather than the things that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you've, you've mentioned, um, the church a lot and being a member a lot. So just to clarify for people listening, that's a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormon church. Yeah. Um, and, uh, most, most of my guests that I've talked to on, on my wax museum have been members of the church, but a lot of the time we don't talk anything about the church. Right. Um, I think, I think you have a bit different of an experience than most people because you didn't grow up mm-hmm. in the church. So you had this different growing up experience than a lot of people that I've talked to. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, you've shared a lot of it, um, which I've learned a lot from about you and both about, and also how to, how to deal with difficult situations and, and stuff. Um, so coming to be a part of the church, how, how long ago did you start that process? A little under three years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, two years and a, a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you started that back in Ontario then? Yeah, so it was around July 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And did they, uh, did they knock on your door? Did they harass you a little bit? It's actually a bus stop. Okay. I was at a bus stop and some missionaries walked up to me and struck up a conversation. Yeah. And they were so awkward and weird, and I'm really awkward and weird, so yeah. I definitely responded well with that because the, the conversation wasn't specifically about the gospel. It wasn't about the church. It was more like this, like just having a regular conversation with someone. Yeah. And I definitely noticed that they were probably the happiest people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to figure out why that is. Yeah. 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 
what Kool-Aid are they drinking, you said. Okay. Yeah. What's the secret? What's the secret? So then uh, did, did you start immediately talking to them then? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they, a day later, they sent me a test and they asked for my cell phone number and I gave them my actual number. I didn't make one up. Yeah. So uh, they sent me a test asking to meet up and have a lesson. And, and I agreed for a few days after that. And then we started meeting on a regular basis. Uh, there was a period of time where we were meeting six days a week. Really? Having lessons, yeah. I just read through all of those. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, about five weeks later, I was baptized. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow, so it was really fast. And and so that, were, were you at like a, a pretty low point in your life or had you already kind of, kind of resolved things within yourself? Um, the, I, I started that process. Yeah. I felt at a loss of how to, to get to where I am now. Yeah. That I had a vision and an idea of the person that I wanted to be and the things that I wanted to achieve and, you know, the things that I knew I needed to do within myself to create that change. But I had no idea how to get there. Yeah, I was given the destination and no map, and I, it was definitely a period of time where I wouldn't say it was a low period of time, but it was a, I was lost. Yeah, and um, those situations can actually they're, they're scary, but it can actually be really great because it, it opens you to an opportunity to re- receive the help that you need and be able to create that change. Yeah. And get that direction. Yeah. So you felt like it gave you a little bit of a of a push further in the right direction. You were kind of on that path, and then yeah, helped move you forward. Um, it it wasn't like initially, and I just said, so this is great and ran with it. It just yeah. took a little bit of time, but I think once I started to learn about the church and the church's values and the things that um, are important to the members of the church, the sense of community, mm-hmm. family, that is really, really stressed upon. And the different things that I was able to learn, it was, I was given little nuggets of information and little things that I can do. And it was just... I was given the pieces of the map, but I wasn't given the entire map all at once. Yeah. So I was able to pick up little things, and I said, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And, and then I started to change, and my values started to change, and the things that I wanted out of life started to change. And all of a sudden, I was a totally different person. Yeah. <laughs> so when did this happen? I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, even from the point that I met you two years ago, you're quite different. Yeah, you know, I, totally agree with that. I mean, I can still recognize you, but you are quite different. I, I feel like um, you're definitely a lot happier. I think a lot more confident in yourself yeah. uh, from from what I see from an outsider's perspective. Um, and I, I think that says a lot about how you've chosen to grow personally in your own life and uh, and develop yourself that way. Um, so So moving to Calgary, you moved to Calgary then a year after you joined this Mormon church yeah. and, and what was that change like to, to 
come from Audis? Because you were you had been out there for your whole life, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah. I, for a long time when I was living in Ontario, I just felt like I needed to leave. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea where I needed to go. I didn't know when I needed to go there. I just I kept having this feeling like I'm not supposed to be in Ontario anymore. Yeah. And so I had a job opportunity here in Calgary. And so I, this, this has got to be it. And so I decided to come out here, but it, I didn't know anyone. I have no friends. Yeah. I, I work as a nanny and I'm a live-in. So I live with the people that I work for and I didn't know them. So I'm living with strangers. I don't know anyone in the church. Um, so it was... The hardest part, I think, is just how isolating it was at first. Yeah. Not having any friends. The only friends I had were back home, and I could talk to them, but they weren't here. So it's kind of, I was still on my own in a lot of ways. Um, so in, I was very shy, and I've always been very shy. So um, talking to people and making friends wasn't initially. It's easier now, I think. Yeah. But... Two years ago, I definitely had no idea how to convince someone to be my friend. <laughs> right, write them a well-written essay. Yeah. Ten reasons why you should be my friend. Yeah. I should have done that. The sad thing is I feel like that's something I would do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you came here not knowing anybody, not really knowing anything. Had you, had you ever been to Calgary before? Never. So it was just totally fresh. You're, I guess I'm moving there. Yeah. Got to figure it out. And, uh, and you've been here for two years now working for the same family. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd, I'd say you've made a lot of friends. Yeah. You know, I'd I say, to, I'd yeah. say you, you have a decent sized friend group. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and how is is there any way that they've impacted who you are? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, there's so many people, um, especially within Harvard Park, that have become huge examples. Yeah. Um, in such simple ways too, like you know, different. So many people are so generous. Just even last night, my. One friend, Carly, yeah. um, she picked me up from the airport. So she drove way out of her way to pick me up at the airport at 10.30 at night. Yeah. Took me all the way home, all because my car wouldn't start. Really? Um, so um, and it's that kind of kindness and, and generosity and kind of that selfless service. And Yeah. Yeah, so many people, they're just doing things like that. And um, their testimonies within the church and... Um, their values have definitely been huge examples in kind of helping me to identify what's important to me, um, what do, do what do I want out of life, what kind of family do I want, how do I want to raise my future children to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, kind of way to, to see that service that those, those friends have rendered to you. And I mean, and... I, I know Carly as well. I mean, you know, and she she's a very kind and selfless person, and she probably doesn't really think think much of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she she says, well, of course I'm going to come pick you up at the airport <laughs> at 10:30 at night. Why why wouldn't I? Right? 
And, uh, and, and I mean, those, those are the kind of friends that we all look for and all hope for, right? Those, those relationships that we, that we build. And, uh, and now you mentioned that you're headed back to Ontario. And I'm, I imagine you still have some connections out there. A few, yeah, a few I've, friends. A few friends that I've kept over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't say they're burst in out of the woodwork right now. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they might when you get there, hopefully, yeah. right? <laughs> but then there's always the opportunity to make new friends. Yeah. YSA in our church is always changing. Yep. There's always new people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always new friends to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is really nice. Which is fantastic, especially... I like making new friends. And uh, would you say you've gotten better at making new friends? I think so. Yeah. I don't get quite as shy when I'm talking to people I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly, if I might get a little intimidated if it's a large group of people and I don't mm -hmm. know anyone. It's kind of like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think there's been some improvement in terms of me putting myself out of my comfort zone, becoming more outgoing and more um, willing to show people the person that I am. Yeah. yeah. And and you're moving back for your mother. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so so what's what's brought that up? Um there's a lot going on back home, but my mom's health isn't where it should be. There's been some some health issues back home and my mom also has this business that she wants to get off the ground but because of her health it's hard for her to do everything um, herself she mm -hmm. needs some help but um, my sister does live in Ontario and uh, she does have my mom has a boyfriend but um, they're not quite wanting to help with that business exactly so my purpose is to hopefully help with that and then help with some some other things with the house and but still obviously doing things to help myself as well of course yeah yeah but i mean i think if we've learned anything from this conversation it's about the importance of family yeah. and and developing those relationships whether they're you know friends that become like family because mm -hmm. you get to know them well and they help you out or or if it's biological family that you might struggle with and you kind of learn about them and learn how to operate with them or understand them better, right? Yeah. So, so moving back and helping your mom out, um, what's kind of your your plan when you get there? What do you think that's going to be like? I'm hopefully, going to all start working full time, mm -hmm. um, and I'll be doing some online courses, some business related courses. Good. Um, and then, obviously, on the side, helping out with my mom and with her plans and her health and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So there will be a lot going on, but I I like being busy, so I think it'll be a good change. Yeah. Good opportunity for me to spend time with my family and reconnect with them. I haven't really spent much time with them at all for the past two years. Have you gone back at all in that time? Uh, twice. In the past okay. Years. Yeah. 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 And you've spent you've spent some time with them, but now your sister lives pretty close to your mom, or kind of same yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get to spend time with with both of them, and and hopefully, uh, 
re, you know, build up those relationships and stuff, right? Do you think um, when you left Ontario, what were those relationships like? They were good. Um, I lived at home with my mom when I came out here. So um, things were definitely good. There were, we didn't argue, we didn't, at least we didn't argue much. Um, my, yeah, in the relationship with my sister has always been really good. I mean, there are definitely moments. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we definitely get along like really, really well. Yeah. So, but I think me being away has definitely helped in a lot of ways in terms of kind of strengthening those connections and having, being able to have that family connection despite me being so far away. Well, I guess when you're far away and you reach out to them, it's in a, I want to strengthen this connection yeah. kind of thing. It's not like, oh yeah, no, I'm phoning you because we have to be together right now yeah. kind or, of thing. Oh, we're having dinner together because my mom told me we had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, and now you get to go back and have dinner because your mom told you you had to. Yeah, exactly. So you look forward to that, yeah. right? No, it's a little more my choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's exciting, and uh, and so you're going to be taking some online classes as well. Yeah. And where are you, where are you taking those from? How's that working um, out? Through college, I actually I've, I've been to school already. Mm-hmm. Um, I did three years of school at Fanshawe College, and I'll be doing online classes through that same school. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that'll start either September or January. Yeah. But um, it'll be totally 100% online, so then I can also work as well and do the different things that I need to do. Yeah. As opposed to dedicating so much time to being in the classroom. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. And uh, and what are your plans with that? What's what's Beyond the that. yeah? What's the what's the big uh, grand plan? Grand plan. I mean. Uh, your guess is as good as mine in terms of what happens after that. I mean, I, I, I am trying to, you know, begin my life. Mm-hmm. And part of that is getting married yeah. and starting a family. Um, no no offers yet on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's becoming more and more of my focus. Of, yeah. Um, I'm 26, you know, it's not out of the realm to, to kind of start thinking, well, I should probably start doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still young, but you're not old yet kind yeah. of thing. You're at that... In between, you the know. transition. Yeah, yeah. Between being like a real official adult and being, you know, a young adult. Yeah, yeah. Did you think, did you think much about that stuff when you were younger? Really? Literally, no. Even I would say even like four or five years ago, I marriage was not on my mind. Family was not on my mind. Yeah. Um, I was just I still had the mentality of like a teenager. <laughs> I, really? Yeah. When I, if I was like twenty twenty one, I very much had the mentality of a teenager. I thought I was invincible. Yeah. I. 
always or all I wanted to do was really be with my friends. And I know I did go to school and I kind of did irresponsible things and stuff. Yeah, you, <laughs> you were doing stuff. I was doing stuff, but I was also definitely not future-minded. Yeah. I was very in the present. Yeah, which isn't, in my experience, a terrible place to be. No, no, no not always. But it, there's definitely been a tr- transition for me of thinking present and then thinking future. Yeah. And so, so now, now that you're thinking a little more to the future, a you're, not, you're not too far out there to have the, the big, you know, by the time I'm 40 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but do you have any, like, random weird bucket list items? Not really. I want to travel. That's definitely yeah. something that I really want to do. I was never able to afford it when I was kind of in my young teen and young adult years and I was always going to school and working minimum wage jobs mm-hmm. I never had the money to travel. So something that I know for sure I want to do is I want to travel a lot. I've never been to Europe. I've never, I've never been to China. Like I want to see those places while I can still do it. Yeah. As opposed to waiting until my future children are grown up to say, okay, let's go to China. Yeah, yeah, you want to kind of take advantage of your that in your youth. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Yeah. And why uh why Europe and China? Are there anything particular in those places you want to see? Um not entirely. I've always been drawn to to European countries and specifically Scotland. I've always wanted to go to Scotland. But... Yeah. That's been the dream, and also anywhere in Europe, I just the, the culture, the food, the, the life out there, I've always just really, I just wanted to experience it. But recently, I, I've had a few friends go to, they've, well, they've gone, they've gone to Korea, and they've gone to Japan, and, and different places like that. Yeah. More of the, kind of more Asian countries, I definitely have started to, Think, oh, that actually looks really cool. Yeah. So, I, that's been a more recent addition to my travel plans. Okay. China and Korea and maybe yeah. Japan. And maybe Japan. That'd be, that'd be pretty neat because it is very different. I've never yeah. been, but from what I understand, they're, they're quite different from here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's excellent. Um, I don't, you know, I have a zillion more questions for you. But we're about out of time. Um, but I, I do think it'd be cool to hopefully someday do follow-up episodes yeah. with people. So maybe I'll call you up in five years. Yeah. And we'll sit down and chat again. Maybe I'll be in Ontario for, yes. for a week. I don't know. I've never been there. So I might do some traveling. Go to exotic places like Ontario. It's very exotic. Very palm trees. Yeah. Uh, and, and hula dancers. Maple and. And bus drivers. All right, maybe I'll get a job as a bus driver. Maybe that's my future. I'll uh, I'll I'll do a podcast with all of my uh, guests on my bus. That's perfect. Well, I look forward we'll to it. Excellent. Yeah. You can be one of the guests then. <laughs> Stephanie Sellers, welcome back. Did you spill the water? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> We're good. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on my show and yeah. and telling us all about. Your, your growth as a person and forgiveness and how, you know, how you've kind of developed into 
this person that I see before me, you know, and, uh, and I appreciate seeing that change and learning a little bit more about the changes that happened before we met. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.